0: Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Seeking Refuge, the podcast. Uh, It's uh, a good morning to get up and get the Bible open, and let's do a Bible study together today, and uh, what a great way to start a weekend, uh, being able to do that. And uh, this is the Seeking Refuge podcast, where we're coming together um, to seek refuge from the world in God's unchanging word. We know the world all around us is changing every day. Honestly, most of us don't think it's changing for the better looks certainly looks like things are changing for the worse But we have uh, something that doesn't change and that's God's word That's where we go to seek refuge from the things going on around us. We need the word of God. We need it in our lives We need to study it. We need to learn it and uh, we need to let it be the authority And uh, in our values and our morals and the way that we choose to live and the decisions that we make We need to go to God and the best way to understand what God wants us to to do, and uh, what God, how God wants us to be influenced in our thinking and the way we view things, our perception. The best way to understand God's thoughts on all that is to find it in the Bible. Amen. And uh, so let's look at Psalm 91:2. This is kind of the the key verse to the Seeking Refuge podcast. It says, "This I will say of the Lord: He is my refuge and my fortress." My God, in Him will I trust. Um, what, what, what an amazing thing that we can go to God, we can trust God, and in God we will find refuge. And uh, we go to the Bible, and we'll find hope, we'll find peace, and we'll find enlightenment during these very perilous times. So, My name is Brian Swinford. If this is the first time you've tuned into the podcast, I hope you enjoy the Bible studies that I'm posting and uh, study along with it. And uh, I think it's full of good things. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about today's topic. I'm going to get into something that many would consider uh, taboo or or some people would say that it's a risky thing to talk about. It may be a a hot-button topic in today's society. Um, I'm not going to get into personal opinions and politics, but we are going to take a look at race today. I want to have a talk about race and i want to look at it strictly from a biblical perspective it's nothing but bible it's exactly uh, what i think many of us need to be reminded of today because this whole thing with race in our country in the world it's boiling over and uh, there's a lot of tension there's a lot of things happening that aren't good there's a lot of things happening that god is not for and uh, i want us to look at it what does god say about it what does the bible say about race and this is a good opportunity to learn some things. But first, let's look at Hebrews chapter six, verses 17 and 18. God, willing more abundantly to shew unto the heirs of promise, that's the believers in Christ, the immutability of His counsel, that means unchangeable, confirmed, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, those are things that cannot be changed. Those are God's word and God's covenant. In which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this morning, the opportunity to, to get on the podcast and share this Bible study. And I'm just looking at how things were happening this week, was just kind of inspired to study on the topic. And now I get to share what I've learned and what I've been reminded of. And I thank you for that, Lord. It seems today that there's a spirit of anger and unforgiveness, bitterness, and division working through society, and uh, I, I've come to the conclusion, as I believe your wisdom has made many believers come to the conclusion, that uh, sin has corrupted our views and Satan is exploiting our emotions, and uh, today let us take a look in your word, God, give us wisdom, and direction and guidance on how we can look at things from a biblical perspective lord we know that's what you want for us so help us in the study today i pray that you'll bless it and make it uh uh, good for the edification of anybody that listens in lord we ask your blessing now in jesus name amen okay well let's have a biblical view on race and uh it's a good bible topic good thing to study up on So here's some things that I learned as I studied this out. First of all, there are two spiritual races and one physical race. Um, I want to take a look in the study today about the origin of race or races as as we kind of look at it today. We divide races by skin color. But as I studied this out, a question came about, which I looked into and we'll talk about it. Here's the question. Is there really more than one skin color? And so we're going to look at that from a biblical view. I want to give you this. This is what I learned. We have one race. That's the human race. We are all descendants of one man. That's Adam, which we'll find in Genesis chapter 1. Because we all have one blood, that's human blood, there might be different DNA. There might be different characteristics that makes us all look different but we all have one blood and that's human blood and that makes us one race the human race i want to give you this thought because i really believe this is what's behind all of the madness and craziness that we're seeing sin has corrupted and satan is exploiting sin has corrupted our views on the way we perceive things and Satan is exploiting our emotional response to the way we perceive what we're looking at, okay and uh, so let's just get into the bible i want I just wanna focus on the Bible, okay, I know that we have a lot of current events happening. I know that this is a sensitive topic for many people. I'm not discounting um you know look, I understand that there's been prejudices throughout time against different people because they look different because of different races, different ethnicities, different uh, cultural backgrounds, this and that. Um, I'm not really focusing on racism today that much. Um, We know that God has told us in the Bible that favoritism of people is wrong, okay? So any point in time, any group of people favors another group of people over another, or, or, or a different group of people or they favor themselves over another group of people anytime that happens a wrong a wrongdoing has been committed a sin has been committed um, so with God we know there's no partiality at all okay so you want to know how to get favor from God you want to know how to get privilege from God look in the Bible and he'll tell you how But so, I'm not really focusing on that topic, but I don't want to discount that. I understand that's a sensitive issue. I know people that have been the victims of racism. Okay. I spent my boyhood growing up in North Carolina. It's not the deep South, but it was South enough. And, you know, I went to elementary school in the 80s. Yes, I remember some of the effects that segregation had had. Obviously, that had been done away with by the time I was in. In elementary school, but some of the emotional scarring, trauma, and other things that have happened, that was very real. And you can't tell somebody that's been affected by that how to feel about that. Okay. But the Bible can guide someone who's been wronged in any kind of wrongdoing, can guide them towards forgiveness and things like that. And so, and that's what God wants people to do that have been hurt by another person. He wants us to find a place where. We trust God to make those wrongs right. We trust God to pass proper judgment, which is just. And we let go of the things that hurt us when we find a place of forgiveness and and when we commit those things to God. But today, we're kind of on a different perspective here. We're just looking at race, the topic of race, and developing a biblical perspective of race which we all need cause we need to understand it. And this is how we seek refuge in the word of God. So to begin a discussion on race, the first place we need to go is the first chapter of Genesis. I mean, I, I just, this is, this is it. Um, let's remember this, the difference between the secular world and God's people. We, we know the Bible is the truth. And so we believe in creation. When you go outside of biblical truth and you start to entertain doctrines like Darwinism and evolution, you create the foundation that is used to cause the problems of people viewing each other as different races, okay? In Genesis chapter one, we're going to learn this. The first human created was Adam. And we know that the uh, Genesis was written in Hebrew, And the Hebrew translation for Adam is mankind. Adam and Eve were not white. They were not black. They were not even Semitic. Their own ethnicity isn't even mentioned in the Bible. Eve is translated mother of all living. And so we find in the first chapter of Genesis that God stresses that Adam and Eve represent all people of all ethnicities. And here are some traits as a result that we all share accordingly. First, let me read here in Genesis because we're here. Look at the first chapter. Look down at verse 26. It reads this. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth So you see right there in the beginning, man, male and female, Adam and Eve, were created in the image of God. It says it in the Bible. First thing that we all have in common, the first traits that we all share as human beings, we are all created in the image of God. The second thing, Adam and Eve were innocent in the garden. So God created Adam and Eve. They weren't, uh, I guess I should say, sometimes I've said, well, they were created perfect. But I don't know if that's necessarily theologically correct. In actuality, they weren't created perfect. They were created innocent. To be perfect, they would have to have uh, withstood um, sin the way Christ was perfect because he, he could have but didn't sin. the Bible tells us Jesus was tempted as we are tempted. He had opportunity to, and he did not. Adam and Eve were innocent, but when given an opportunity to choose because they had free will and were able to make the choice, they willfully chose to eat of the fruit that God told them not to eat of. And that was the fall that we see in, 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 that's in Genesis chapter three. And so, all men were innocent in the garden. Adam and Eve were innocent in the garden. Our nature goes back to Adam. At first, it was innocent. And then sin came in and corrupted. Uh, Sin corrupted everything, including human nature, as a result of the fall where Adam and Eve ate from the fruit that God told them not to eat from. As a result, the second trait that all humans have in common... We are all sinners. Romans 3:23 says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Here's the third thing that we all share that we all have in common because we're all sinners. We all go back to Adam. We all have a sin nature. We've all sinned against God. And here's the thing, none of us are privileged with the ability to save ourselves. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 reveals to us that none are righteous, no, not one. None of us have right standing with God on our own. As a result, the fourth thing that we all have in common as humans, we all need a Savior. We all need Jesus Christ. I'm going to throw some verses out here and let's visit those. Go to Titus, if you will. Go to chapter 2 of Titus. That's New Testament. Uh, You're getting there right before... Philemon, right before Hebrews. You'll find Titus. It's right after First and 2 Timothy. My pages are sticking together. But that's okay. We'll get there. Titus, chapter 2. Look at verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look over at verse 14. Who gave himself... For us, that's all men, that he might redeem us, that's all humanity, from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Amen. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. We're all sinners. Jesus Christ came to save us. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Keep flipping towards the back. Just uh, Philemon's only probably one page in your Bible, then you'll find Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 and look at verse 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We all have this in common. Without holiness, we won't see the Lord. Well, how do we get holiness? If none are righteous, no, not one. That means none of us are holy on our own. But we learn in the Bible, all right, the Bible says... uh, that uh jesus christ uh became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of god in him so jesus gives us his holiness when we choose to believe on him for salvation ephesians chapter 2 now you're flipping to the left a few a few uh books but ephesians chapter 2 look at verse 12 It reads that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So what's that talking about? Well, the original people of God we know God's chosen nation was Israel was the Jews when they rejected Christ the gospel was then given in the dispensation of the grace of God by revelation to Paul was given to the Gentiles now Paul was not the only apostle to preach to the Gentiles that's a study for another day some will disagree with that but there's references to an understanding of the grace of god the salvation of god and salvation to the gentiles by both peter and other places in the new testament other than paul's writings and so that's why i say that we'll look at that on another time but when we're looking at this we need to understand that all the gentile nations of the earth that's going to be all the people in china all the people in africa All the people in the United States, all the people in Europe, all the people in Russia, wherever you're from, wherever you're at in the world, you need to understand that we were alienated from God's family. And that's what this is talking about. At the times that we are without Christ, we are aliens. We're foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. When you're without Christ, you have no hope and you're without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, that's when you've accepted Christ as Savior, ye who were sometimes were far off, that means we're separated from God, we're far off from God, we're made nigh by the blood of Christ. That means that we are uh, accepted into the family of God. Amen? We're made nigh, we're brought close to God through jesus christ last verse on this romans 6 23 go back a couple more books past corinthians go into romans go to the sixth chapter and look at the 23rd verse it says here for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord we all need a savior amen We all have sinned. We all have come short of the glory of God. None of us are, are privileged with the ability to save ourselves. And we all need Jesus Christ who came to save us for our sins. Listen, because of Christ, there are two spiritual races. So we have one physical race, humanity, and we have two spiritual races. Those are the saved, that's those that are redeemed. And then there are the lost, which is those that are condemned. If you've accepted Christ as Savior, You've asked Him to save you, forgive your sins, you're redeemed. If you're lost, you've rejected Christ as Savior, you've rejected His offer of free gift of salvation, and you are under condemnation for your sin. The best part is this if you decide that you don't want to be a lost and condemned sinner, but rather you want to enjoy the benefits and privileges of being redeemed from sin, You can accept Christ as Savior by admitting you're a sinner and asking Jesus to forgive you and save you. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me. And I thank God for it. So now let's go to kind of the second point of the study today. When did multiple races occur? Where did they come from? When did they begin? And why, according to the Bible? With that question, let's go to Genesis Chapter 11, where did multiple races come from? Or I should say, we're not multiple races, but in our pers- human perception today, we're tracing back the origin of races. And what we look at is we basically as human beings with our flawed perceptions have identified different races based on the way our skin color looks or our physical characteristics, right? We need to remember this, man looketh on the outward appearance of, but God looketh upon the heart. And uh, so I I say that only so that we have an understanding of where did the different colorations come from? Where did the different languages come from? Where did uh, different geographic settlements come from in the Bible? So now we're going to go to Genesis chapter 11. We're going to look right here at verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there and they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one unity and they have all one language in this. They begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. The word Babel, by the way, means confusion, which is why the last uh, great empire that we read of falling in the Bible in the last times, Babylon, Uh, is like a world system is, is in confusion guess what our world today if you're looking at what's happening people are confused and that's why they're entertaining all these crazy ideas and thoughts but here we see man okay they were all one this is even after the fall we were all working together we all understood each other and then in verse six we find God said Nothing will be restrained from man, which they have imagined to do. And so God confused our languages so that we couldn't understand each other. And then he scattered us all across the world, basically. And that's where the different uh, races of people as we know them came from. But some would say, but the Bible says God's no author of confusion. Why did God do that? What, What was so bad about man being able to accomplish these things? We need to understand something here this is my take on it i believe that there's enough biblical backing to support it why was that bad why did man scatter us because god knew or why did god scatter man because god knew that if man started succeeding at all that they were imagining to do they would exalt themselves and they would take credit for all the things and then deny the existence or necessity for god himself now, for the record, as knowledge increases in these last days, we are seeing such a denial of God today. If you look at a verse here in Daniel, uh, chapter 12, 4, you don't to, uh, turn there, but I'll read it to you. It says here, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars uh, forever and ever. Here's verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. We're seeing that today. People are running to and fro. Knowledge is increasing. And you know what's happening? Man is taking credit for all of the work. You watch what I tell you. I'm gonna give you a firm warning. I'm not a prophet, but I see this happening. I believe this is what's gonna happen. As these COVID vaccines come to market, and as millions upon millions upon millions of people start taking them all over the world, as COVID-19 disappears, watch what I tell you. Man, scientists, doctors, researchers, researchers will begin to take credit for the emancip- or for the for the desolation of the COVID nineteen virus, man is going to say we did this. Look at what we did. Look at and you know what? God might just send something far worse that man uh, will never get control over as a result of it, because we we have a bad history of taking credit for the things that God has done, and that's why He scattered us to begin with. But now in these last days, we're seeing knowledge is increasing. And we're accomplishing those things that we imagine, but then we're denying God and we're denying the existence of God and the necessity for God in doing so. So it's not a fair trade-off. But if you look back here in, uh, in Genesis 11 and you go down, look at this, verse 7-9, through 9, so I've established this already. All man was united, basically. We were all one. We all had the same language. God wanted to restrain man from the things which they imagined because He didn't want us to exalt ourselves against God. And now in verse 7-9, through God scattered man with different languages and by the confusion of not understanding each other, we were basically hindered from being able to deny God at the time. Now get this. We are not different skin colors. This is where we started. I want to get into this. This is very, very interesting to me. We are one skin color that after we were scattered here in Genesis chapter 11, what happened is we developed different skin pigmentation. Pigmentation of our skin is influenced by two things. This is scientifically verifiable. It's influenced by genetics and sun exposure. And this is where the different skin colorations came from. So as man was scattered, our languages became different. We settled different regions of the earth. Because of that, we were, you know, men were taking uh you, you know, men were basically getting married to, to women that were in that same people group that were settling in those same regions, and then we had different levels of sun exposure just based on where we were geographically located at that time. So when you take the genetics and you take the DNA. And you take um, the sun exposure and the different kind of uh, minerals, nutrients, and things that became part of our diet, and the different dieting, and all these very complex things working together begin to make people look way differently than one another. And so that's where that actually came from. And that that's Bible. That's the biblical basis. And that's you know that's that's how we need to view this. We we are all one human one we all come from Adam we we all have one humanity we're all human and we're all we all have human nature and we're all fallen and we need to understand this sin has corrupted how we view this issue and satan has corrupted our emotional response to it i want to make this statement very clear as a society if we identify things that we can do better as people to create opportunity and fairness where there's a lack thereof, you know God wants us to do that. God wants us to, to be the best that we can be, to love one another, to build each other up. The Bible tells us not to withhold things that we can do for each other if it's in, within our power to do it. God does not want us to pervert justice. God does not want us to uh, be given to usury and di- different kinds of banking schemes and credit schemes and this and that. And there's a lot of things happening that's being used to oppress people uh, in, in general. And, and God and God wants us to create fairness where we can and justice where we can and He doesn't want us to have different standards for different people groups, and we know that. So, as a society, as Christian people, we understand that when we identify things that we can do better, God wants us to do that. Amen? And we understand that. But here's the thing in our views of race, we need to go back to the Bible for the fundamentals. It's very simple. We covered it in the lesson. There's four of them. We were all created in God's image, we are all sinners, we cannot save ourselves. And we all need a Savior. That's Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the study on race today. Let it guide us and resonate in our hearts. Let it help us have the same view towards our neighbor that you, that you want us to have, Lord, that you have for us. Because you've called us to love our neighbor. You've called us to love our enemies. You've called us to love as we were loved by you, Lord. And we love you because you first loved us, Lord. We're not to withhold that from the people around us but we're to go out and share the light of the gospel in the world that many would hear of the word of hope, the word of encouragement, Lord. And, uh, you know, we come together in this Bible study today, seeking you, Lord, seeking refuge in your word, seeking strength to stand for biblical truth in, in the world around us, Lord. But we come together in agreement, and we pray together as a small study group meeting over the Internet, we pray that you'll break the chains of racism and prejudice of point of views and, and, and all the, the, the evil that's being done through this issue by Satan and by the confusion and everything else in our society today, Lord. We ask that you break those chains, Lord, and that people will accept the biblical truth for where we came from and for who we are so that we can look at each other the way you want us to look at each other, Lord, to have that compassion again. And that uh, love in our heart, Lord, to want to see lost sinners get saved and, and to see people come into the family of God and to be enlightened through your word, Lord. That's what we want to see today, Lord. We pray against all of the attacks of the devil in society and pray that you will provide true liberation and freedom to people through their coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord. Bless all that have listened in and help us take these truths into the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.